0: Lord, everybody, it's good to be in church on a Wednesday night. Good to see everybody here. Um, I'm going to go right into the Word. <coughs> word. i gonna be reading out of Hebrews chapter 11 again. Again. I brought this uh, pulpit down. Because everyone was kind of scattered, but now it seems like you are closing in on me. That's all right. Hebrews chapter eleven. We're going to read verse twenty-four. Says, "By faith, when he was come to years, refused to be called." By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God rather than. Rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Let's go before the Lord in prayer, and you may be seated. Lord help me tonight to teach your word, let it fall on fertile ground. In Jesus' name touch every honest heart. Amen. You may be you may be seated. I'm trying to get my timer on here. So, I want to teach a little bit um, about Moses. Uh, felt to, t- to talk about him a little bit, and got a little book at home um, that I had a uh, that I got many years ago that taught uh, about biblical characters. And so, I really enjoyed the book. And so, this is one of the le- one of the lessons in in the book. The title of it is called "Reluctant Redeemer." So. Um, <clears throat> So, you know, Moses, um, just a quick background, uh, was born in a very difficult time in Israel's history. It's uh, recorded that there was approximately about a million uh, Hebrew slaves in Egypt at that time. And so, um, uh, who knows the king that was uh, ruling uh, Egypt at that time? Just a trivia question. It's King Tut, or at least uh, King Tut the first. it's who they believe was ruling that time. And so... Uh, as we know the story, as Israel begins to grow, that he, he gets kind of nervous. He sees all these Jewish people around, and so he com- commands that uh, the, the the newborn uh, newborn um, Hebrew children be uh, be killed uh, right at birth. But the uh, interesting thing about it is that Scripture tells us that there were Jewish midwives who would help to deliver uh, the Jews and so uh, Jewish children, ch- uh, Jewish newborns, and so. Um, they were able to save a lot of lives, and so, and I think this is interesting because I, I think this is the first uh, right to life movement uh, ever. And so, as our world is trying to abort children when they come out of the womb, um, and my wife will share with me some articles every now and then, and so, um, and this is why God is against um, God is against abortion, and it's because. Um, we don't know when a Moses is going to be born uh, that has the ability to save um, save a people or come up with some kind of cool invention or idea. So, um, And so then Moses was born to Jochebed, and uh, she tried to hide him as long as she can. Some of you know the story. She hide, puts him then into the Nile River. Uh, and at that moment in time, um, uh, the, the Pharaoh's uh, daughter happens to... To be in in the river bathing, and when she did, she finds this this child. And uh, Jacob was a very uh, sh- uh, very smart mother because then she had her daughter run up to the the uh, uh, run up to Pharaoh's daughter, and then through a uh, uh, a little bit of craftiness, she was able to get Pharaoh to allow her to raise up her own son. And so um, and so it's it's pretty. I think I think. I, it's amazing how God takes care of us in in that way. He puts people in the right positions at the right time, in the right places, uh, to help to help us as uh, as our um, as children of God. And so, and that's one of the benefits of being his um, being his child. And so, uh, and so little is known um, about Moses in the next forty years. Acts seven and twenty two is really the only recording we have. It says that Moses was educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians. And uh, he was powerful in speech and action, and so um, that is not the Moses that I know. Uh, but it says that he was powerful in speech and in action, and so he uh, technically got the best education that he could at that time. Um, it was equivalent to I would, I guess, to Harvard University or Yale or one of the Ivy League schools. You can compare it to that. But he was um, he was educated. He probably knew a lot of languages. He was very influential. Um, uh, probably had a, a influential governmental position. He was considered Pharaoh's daughter, after all. Uh, and so, but I find something interesting in that. Um, halfway in his life, at about forty years old, uh, something happens inside of Moses where he says, "Well, um, I don't think that this is. Uh, I don't think this is what I want to do." And so he suffers, which what I think a lot of us have heard of, called the midlife crisis. He didn't probably dye his hair or buy a motorcycle, but he suffered from a midlife crisis, and it's where he um, it's where he paused and reflected and decided, you know, what what is it that um, that that this is all about? And he looked around him, I would imagine, and looked at all the great uh, treasures of, of 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 Egypt. He could have been a very influential uh, a person, um, but something inside of Moses. Felt he felt the pull of God towards his people. I don't know if this is probably because he was raised, and all those years Jochebed was trying to uh, tell him Scripture in his ears, trying to let him know that he was not in, in, an Egyptian. Whatever she did, it stuck with her son. And so uh, the moment came when he had to make a, um, a pivotal uh, decision. He was willing to uh, trade a comfortable fortress for a sweaty hebrew hut lavish meals servants perks popularity pleasure he was willing to trade all of that no more meetings with the head of the state luxury all those things he was ready to give away for a lowly tent um he was willing to trade the bird's eye view that he had outside of his palace for a view with god's people and so um for a promise, it, Genesis 22 and 18 says, through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed. And I, th- I thought on that verse, I thought it was so, so um, in- neat, really, is that Moses remembered where the real blessing of God came from that it didn't belong in Egypt, and it didn't belong in the luxury that he had. It didn't belong in all of the the, um, comforts that he had, but that the real blessing of God is always with his people. And so um, I thought about that and how the comforts that we have and the things that we have are very very nice. We have air conditioning now. Um, Things were not like they were before. We drove here in vehicles with A.C., Um, um, our 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 homes are comfortable and 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 lavished um but remember that the true blessing is always living for God and with god's people and always with with the church through you you and your offspring all nations of the earth will be blessed and so um and so Moses had it all, and he had to give it all up and so and, 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 and he did that because I believe that he was exposed to truth. He was exposed to God's word. He, was, he had an, an experience and an encounter with God and when you have something like that it will always beckon and it will always call you back. And so <clears throat> we know all these emotions climax at a uh, climax at a particular point in Moses' life and this was huge. Some of you might know the story where he sees a Hebrew and a uh, Egyptian fighting. And in that moment, um, everything that he has been dealing with on the inside, this midlife crisis that he's been struggling with, begins to boil up. And he makes a a rash decision in which he snaps. And the story goes on to say that he jumps on the Egyptian and he kills kills the Egyptian. And so news of this reaches Pharaoh. I'm just trying to build a background. There's some points hopefully I'll. I'll get to that will encourage us tonight but news of this reaches pharaoh and he there's a warrant out for moses's arrest moses uh, uh realizes this he, he runs off to midian midian is hundreds of miles away in the desert and he runs there and he gets to a well and uh, in getting water out of that well uh, there were some women that came by um, and he ends up meeting his wife there there were some other shepherds that came by who tried to take water from these women and moses Decided to take it into his own hands. He chases them off. And so he meets Zipporah, his wife. And she introduces him to her father. And um, what's his name? Jethro. Jethro, I remember that because that's where, where the weed is pastoring now. So, Jethro. So um, he meets Jethro and he spends the next 40 years of his life watching sheep. And so I want you to understand the transition of his life. He went from mega wealth to a murderer, and now he's doing menial labor. And so um, uh, 40 years later, the Jewish people, they're still suffering uh, in Egypt. Moses is still working for Jethro. Uh, He's 80 years old. He's a senior citizen. He's supposed to be able to be retired by now, um, just trying to put things in in a more uh, relatable sense, buying ice cream for his grandkids. But instead, he is on the backside of nowhere babysitting a bunch of smelly sheep. So Moses was on a losing streak. Um, And a point here is that sometimes God has to break us down before he can uh, utilize us for what it is that he wants us to do, his plan and his purpose. There will always be a process. And Moses murdered the Egyptian because at that time he felt that uh, he tried to take the calling of of God upon him at that moment. It wasn't that God didn't want him to be a leader. God just didn't want him to be a leader at that moment. The problem is that if he would have killed the Egyptian and became a leader, it would have been published on the Egyptian newspaper. Pharaoh's daughter leads a rebellion, and uh, all the attention would have been drawn away from God, and it would have solely focused on Moses, and God doesn't operate like that. And so before God can use Moses, he had to bring Moses to a wilderness and strip Moses down of all of his pride, strip Moses down of all of his confidence, strip Moses down of everything that he had within him that was going to get in the way of God using him. And so um, God has to utilize us. There's always a process. There's always a process of preparation. And it sometimes may consist of us doing menial labor, We show up to church, we have the same task, we do the same thing, and we think it's menial, but a lot of times it's not. It is preparation. It is preparation. Because there's a big task, there's a big purpose God has, but he can't utilize us right away. There are things that Moses learns in the wilderness. And by shepherding sheep, he learned that first before he really shepherds people. You know, um, and so Moses felt low, and Moses felt felt probably at the lowest point in his life. Um, um, but there is a, a law of motion, third law, Newton's third law of motion, that says for every action of force, there is a reaction force that's equal in strength. And it, 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 it essentially what it says is that this law is a, applied to a catapult, and that the further you are pulled back or the deeper you are pulled back, that when you are let go of that force, it's going to be so much greater. And so if God, if you feel like you're in a low point, if you feel like you're doing menial labor, if you feel like you're in the wilderness, if you feel like God is just pulling you down low, uh, get ready because when he lets go, you're going to catapult greater than you can imagine. That's what the wilderness does. And so he's finally humbled before God. And so then in God's timing on a certain day, um, It's a a famous story where he uh, begins to see a bush burning that won't uh, be consumed. Exodus 3, 2 to 4. It says, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush and looked. Behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. Moses said, I will turn now aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. So. Get all this sorted out. So God begins to speak to Moses out of the burning bush. As a matter of fact, Scripture says he calls Moses twice. He called Moses the first time and Moses was so shocked he didn't respond. I wouldn't either. And he said, Moses. Moses. And he's finally snapped out of it. And uh, what an unlikely place to hear from God in, in a wilderness with rocks, sand, dry rocks and all this stuff. There was no temple, no tabernacle, no music, no, no mass choir, no pipe organs, no pulpits, no preaching, no pews. And Moses still hear from God. Let me remind you that even in in, in the environment of rock and sand and desert and wilderness, God can still speak to you wherever it is that you're at. You don't need a pulpit, you don't need a preacher, you don't need someone screaming, you don't need a crescendo. God can speak to you in the still, small voice of your home, but you've got to be sensitive enough to him. Exodus 3, 5-6, I want to move quickly. He said, draw not neither hither, put off shoes from off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, I said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Jacob. Moses hid his face and was afraid to look upon God. uh, And so then Moses falls on his knees. Um, uh, The interesting, and I want to remind you that God did not come, the Lord did not appear to Moses to condemn him. Never did Moses condemn him. Never did Moses bring up his murder. You you never hear that. As a matter of fact, you don't ever hear the Lord bringing up condemnation on, on anybody because when God comes, he doesn't come to condemn. God comes to call comes to call you there's now romans 8 and 1 there's now no more condemnation to them that are in christ jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit god calls moses to deliver hebrew the hebrews out of 400 years of slavery exodus 3 7 through 10 i'll read that quickly the Lord said, "I have surely seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters; for I know their sorrows. I am come to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up out of that land unto a good land and a large land, unto a land flowing with milk and honey, unto the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites. Say that five times fast." Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is coming to me, and I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. And so God calls Moses. God calls Moses. Moses had a dream that he would lead God's people. It just wasn't the right timing when he took it into his own hands. And when Moses thought the dream was dead, God revitalized that dream in Moses' life. God is in the business of revitalizing dreams doesn't matter what it is. You think that time is long gone. Moses thought it was too. 40 years later, through a process, through time and preparation, medial tasks, things you thought were insignificant, and God showed up and said, now I'm going to make that dream come true. So Moses has five, five reasons, if you read Scripture, that he says, I'm an unqualified candidate. Number one, I'm a nobody, and why would they listen to me? Moses, Exodus 3 and 11, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? And so Moses is a fugitive. He is a murderer. He is 80 years old. He's not qualified. He says, I'm not somebody who's qualified. I'm not somebody who has experience. Why don't you find somebody who is a somebody? Because I'm the biggest nobody on this side of the Nile. And Moses discredits himself, and Moses thinks that God needs somebody to be important, but that is not so. That is not so. That's why he doesn't use celebrities to instigate His will. He uses, it doesn't use talented people, or he doesn't use a people who are famous to work through, but that and a lot of times we think that is, but God loves to use ordinary people. just like us, me, you. He uses ordinary people. And that's because he wants to get all the glory. Not that he can't use them, but God's goal in using ordinary people is so that he can get all the glory. God doesn't need human resources. He needs willing hearts. And when a common person accomplishes a God-sized task, God gets all the glory. God gets all the glory. The more you and I become nobody, the greater he becomes a somebody. That's why God brought Moses through the wilderness to tear down his pride, for his power, his influence, for people to forget who he is, And so, by the time God is ready to use Moses, he is a nobody. And he had to go through a process to be a nobody before God can use him to be somebody. So, if you think you're somebody, get ready. God's about to make you a nobody. Oh, yeah, you think you're special? I think uh, the restroom hadn't been cleaned in a while. There's a Sunday school class with... Two kids, they're both in second grade. There's no teacher. Do you mind teaching that class? Medial task. Before I was ever here, I thought Sunday school was Sister Tiffany for how many years? Many, many years. After that, I was moved to um, another group of kids. Man, I tell you, if you want to, I, my, my favorite Sunday Sunday school cl- Age group was um, four through five. And I love prayer time. Because if there's anything going on in the family, they will spill the beans. And you might might not want to know it. Oh, you didn't know if I should pray for that or uh, talk with Brother Grand about this. Amen. It's always a process. Always a process. Always a process. You need to be a nobody. I need to be a nobody so God ultimately can be somebody. Amen. Amen. He tells Moses, Exodus 7 and 16, the purpose in bringing Israel out of Egypt is so that they can worship you. No. So that they can worship me. So, loser excuse number two, he says, but I have no authority. I have no authority. Exodus three thirteen through 14. Check my time here, 20 minutes into this, all right. Try to be like a Baptist preacher, finish within 30 minutes. And that's long for a Baptist preacher. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you, and they they shall say, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And so... And God said to Moses, I am that I am, all caps, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou send to the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. And so God responds and says, Influence and power is not required for spiritual success. Our confidence is not in ourselves. Our confidence is found in God. It's found in I am. It's not about the messenger. It's about who is sending the message. It's about who's sending the message. The difference when I check my mail between what's junk mail and what is important mail is one thing. It's the return address. The return address is some credit card company. I'm catching it on fire. But if it is a dear friend of mine, We tear up into that letter and we begin to read it because it holds value and it is important to us. So the difference is the return address. The sender has value. And Moses might have felt like he was junk mail going to uh, uh, these people to deliver. But God said, you remind them, here's what you're going to tell them. You're going to tell them who the return address is going to be or who it's coming from. That I am is the return address. And that's who they're going to return to, to remind you that your return address address is him your return address is Jesus and that is what gives you value and that's what gives me value so loser excuse number three I'm not persuasive I'm not persuasive moving right through this I'm not persuasive and so then God does something very interesting And God gave Moses at this point miraculous powers here's the point is we don't need to be persuasive when we have his power when we have his power, Luke twenty four forty nine. he doesn't have these scriptures. You will be endued with power from on high. Acts 1 and 8, you will receive power. Power after that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you. Mark in his gospel says, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. Sounds like something Moses is going to be doing. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. You don't need to be persuasive. you just got to have his power. His power will do everything. He looked at Moses, and he says, what is that staff in your hand? I must have skipped that. Is that on here? Exodus 4, 2 to 5. Do you have that, Brother Matt? time yeah. and the lord said unto him what is that in thine hand And he said a rod and he cast it on the ground and when he cast it on the ground it became a serpent and moses fled from before it i would too and the lord said unto moses put that hand forth and take it by the tail what did mark just say that they will do what take up serpents i'm talking about power you don't need to be persuasive if you've got the holy ghost you've got power and guess where the power is? He says, what is that in your The powers in your hands? He says, put your hand in your coat. It will become, pull it out. It will become lepers white. Put it back in. It will go back to normal. Your power that you have, Moses, is already in in your hands you have it you don't need it to go anywhere else our talent in the church is not somewhere else our talent in the church is everybody we have right now and the power you have you don't need more talent you don't need more gifts everything you have god has already placed inside of you because it's not about you anyways it is the power of god in us and through through us And it's in your hands. Many times my sisters will come to me over the years going through college and all the drama that happens in college as they're out of state and things like that and going through things. And I've stood in the middle of my father's living room and laid my hands on my sister and prayed over them because I understand there's power in your hands. You can do it. You don't need Brother Grant to lay hands on somebody. If somebody needs help, a sick one, a family member who is going through something, and they say prayer, lay your hands on them. It is in the powers inside of you to do it. God didn't ask Moses for something he did not have. He asked Moses to use what he already had. You have everything you need in the palm of your hands. It's loser excuse number four. I'm not a good speaker. I'm not a good speaker. Now, there's an illness in the land that affects everybody. It causes sweating, nausea, dizzy spells, panic attacks, dread, trembling, stuttering, dry mouth, loss of appetite. It's not AFib. It's not terrorism. It's not death. Not Ebola. Not acne. It's public speaking. It's the number one greatest fear. It's actually the number one greatest fear in America everybody wants to Instagram and chat and stuff. You not want to talk to nobody. You don't know, how to, don't know how to hold a conversation because we're afraid to. But, and so most shepherds, Exodus 4 and 10, brother Matt, if you pull that up there. And so most shepherds don't have public speaking experience, but understand Moses was not any shepherd. He grew up at Harvard or a.k.a. Egypt University. And Moses said unto him, O Lord, I am not eloquent, neither therefore nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant. But I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. That's funny because Acts said that he was powerful in speech. But see what the wilderness will do to you? It will destroy your confidence. It'll it'll, it'll, it'll pull you real low. That's what God does before he shoots you up real high. And then he'd develop a stuttering problem. But you know, everything that Moses went through wasn't a waste. His education, his time in Egypt was not a waste. And everything that we go through life is not a waste. God is not a wasteful God. (laughs) He said, That oil, what waste is that oil? And he said, No, no, it's not a waste. She's worshiping me with that oil. Your life is not a waste. The things you go through are not a waste. God uses them as stepping stones. He uses them as puzzle pieces. He moves things in the right order and right time for it to benefit you. And so, Exodus 4, 11 through 12. I'm almost done. I got one more. And I'm hitting 27 minutes. And the Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth, or who hath maketh the dumb, or deaf, or the seeing, or the blind, have not I, the Lord, now therefore go, and I will... Be with thy mouth and teach thou what thou should say. So the truth is, the truth is, God is on our side, and He's going to help you. He's going to help you. I had a stuttering problem. Sometimes I still do not not as bad. Um, it used to be really bad. I remember when I used to go over to Sister Regina's house and hang out with uh, Brandon and Austin, and uh, their speech was fine. But by the end of the day, being around me, one time. Brandon was trying to order pizza and he was stuttering on that phone. He said, "Can I get a p- 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 pepperoni pizza?" And he got so mad. He got so mad at me. He said, "Twan, stop it!" He said, every time I hang around you, I get a stuttering problem. Hey, man! But as I have over the years got to speak in front of front of you, God has helped my stuttering, and so you know I stammer every now and then. But I noticed that God helps me. When it's time for me to be an oracle or a mouthpiece for him. And, and so he takes away those, those things. and It's not just your stuttering, it's your whatever your insecurity or your lack of self confidence or whatever it is. It is like God will fill that gap. He tells Moses, Did I not make the eyes? Did I not make the ears? Did I not make the mouth? So if I make those things, I can easily control them. Amen. So, last excuse just get somebody else. Moses has enough. He realizes he's not winning and he runs out of excuses and he says, you know what, God, I don't have any more excuses. I just, I'm not qualified. If, uh, if I'm not qualified, just don't use me. Exodus four thirteen through 14. The Bible says that the Lord got very angry with, with Moses and he said, oh my Lord, send I pray thee by the hand of whom thou wilt send. Just don't send me. And when I read this verse, something struck me. If not us, then who? People at your job are not going to see me. Your family might not ever see me. But you know who they'll see? You. And we don't have time as the clock approaches. And as we are beginning to run out of time and the dispensation of grace is begin to get very small and narrow, we don't have time to make excuses. Your family, your friends, your loved ones, you, if not you, then who? Y'all are not going to see my parents, but I see my parents. Y'all will not see my sisters a lot of times, but I, I'll see my sisters. I'll see my friends. I'll see my loved ones. And if you don't reach out to them, Who will? Who will? I felt that in my spirit when I was teaching. I mean, when I was when I was studying this. God wants God was so desperate to use Moses. He said, if you can't speak, whatever, I'll send Aaron to help you out. But I need you, Moses. God needs you. And He'll do what He needs to and put resources in place. You don't worry about the resources, just be available and be willing and let God take care of the rest. You're the only one in that area that can reach that people. We're the only church here that can reach this area of our city. If not us, then who? Who? And so I'm closing. You know the rest of the story. Goes over to Pharaoh, tries to tell him to let my people go. That falls over like a lead balloon. And God gives... Pharaoh ten audiovisual lessons, which are the ten plagues, and finally he lets uh, he lets God's people go. And so Moses doubted God's plan five times, and each time God answered his doubts and provided for his weakness. When Moses needed credibility, God said, I, "My presence is with you." When Moses needed confidence, God sent his commission. When Moses needed confirmation, God provided his evidence. When Moses needed communication, God gave him his words. When Moses needed companionship, God gave him his assistance. So Moses' self-doubt was really a clever disguise for not trusting in God and his sufficiency. He focused inward when God wanted him to focus upward. Man, and times have changed, but human nature has not, and we all... Sitting here, we have our fears and our doubts and our inadequacies and our failures. And so my question is, what is your mission? And which people are waiting for you to deliver them? Because it doesn't matter who you are. It, matter, it matters whose you are. If You know you're his. You'll have what it takes. Jude one and twenty three. My last scripture, Jude one and twenty three. Another others saved with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. I feel my spirit to encourage somebody as we go out, as we go on with our week, as we go about our day, there is an Egypt waiting for you to deliver them. There's an Egypt God has set aside for you. The Bible says that our job is to snatch people out of the fire as we go through. There are people enslaved, enslaved to sin and to so many things. And you are their deliverer and God wants to use you. Amen. God wants to use you. When God calls you to a task, he will go with you. When God calls you to do something, he will go with you. He will not leave you, nor will he forsake you. You are God's chosen man or woman for your Egypt. Your godly lifestyle authenticates his message. We need to know God's word and how to communicate it to others. And we need each other. Each other's help in fulfilling God's mission. Amen. That's all I've got tonight. Thank you for your your attention. Brother Grant, if you'll come.